Welcome to the Grandmother Podcast. Just a brief reminder while it's up in front of you to please leave a five-star rating if you enjoy the show. And if you're feeling generous, to subscribe and to leave a review as well. We love your feedback and it goes a long way towards helping the algorithms and getting us out to more people. And for more, you can follow along at Grandmother Podcast on Instagram. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. everyone, I'm Nicole Figaro, and today I'm going to be interviewing my grandmother, Christine Spence. I'm so excited because this is something that I have wanted to do for a really long time. She has such an amazing story to tell and such a full legacy to share. And so I wanted to sit down with her and just pick her brain and act like I don't know her. I'm going to ask her some questions that I know the answer to some of them already, but I want her to tell the story for herself so that the world can hear how amazing she is. Um, this is my mother's mother. And um, she's 88 years old, and we're just going to sit and we're going to have a conversation like we usually do in our house. So, hi, Grandma. Hi, babe. <laughs> um, like I said, I'm, I'm really excited because this is something that's been on my heart a really long time. I just want to have the opportunity to have your legacy on video. You know, you are going to live to be 100, but when... <laughs> but when 110 comes and you're walking with Jesus, I want to have something that I can show my children, and they can show their children. So I want to start with your youth. I remember a few years ago, you and I went to Jamaica, and I wish I had taken pictures, but I didn't. You and I went to Jamaica, it was just the two of us, and you took me down into the country in Portland, and you showed me the house that you grew up in, you showed me where your parents were, and you showed me all the trees and the, the hills and things. And at that point, we were walking down a dirt road. We went to Uncle Dolphus house. We went to those houses and you told me um, stories about them. And ever since then, I've wanted to film this because it's such a rich, you came from, I don't want to say nothing, but you came from very little. And what you have now is inspiring. And I just want you to talk about that. I want you to talk about where you were born first. Let's start there. Well, I was born in Portland. Jamaica. Jamaica, West Indies. Fear Prospect. Upper Fear Prospect. Portland. Jamaica, West Indies. That's where I was born. And what year were you born, Grandma? 1933. 1933. Crazy. Okay. And um, can you tell us about your upbringing? What was, what was it like? 
Well, for the best part of my upbringing, it was good, but I lost my parents very early, at an early age. My mom was the first one that passed away, and she was 55, 55 years old. And my dad, I'm not sure of his age, but I don't think he was more than 60. Were they sick, or was it an accident? Well, my mom took sick. She had pneumonia and she went to the hospital and um, she got worse and she died. And my father was well, but shortly after my mother passed away, my father stopped eating and, you know, he was very withdrawn. He he wasn't like the dad we knew. And we couldn't get him to eat. He just, he was very fretful, worried, and he was in a bad state. The, the, the main thing, he stopped eating. And my eldest sister tried to feed him, he wouldn't. So he actually, when they took him to the doctor, the doctor said he had a nervous breakdown. Oh, wow. So what we said, he, he died from a broken heart. Wow. Wow, that's that. And, and that was it. And it was very rough. And I had two siblings that followed me. Um, my brother and my youngest sister, she was nine. And without proper care, just us and a few elder siblings before me that were already married the care wasn't you know it wasn't good mm. so my youngest sister she took sick and because of lack of care and proper um, medical attention she died she was nine when she died so that's the way my childhood went for a while until I left home and went to Kingston. And in Kingston, I lived with born-again Christian people. I grew up mostly in my life. Most of my life is surrounded by church people. And I was partially trained by them. So that part of my life was, was great. So you left home at 13? No, after my parents died, after my young sister died. Okay, so a couple of years. So a couple of years up in my 18, 19, okay, okay, okay. I left home and came to Kingston and um, worshipped with those church people, which they took care of me during that time. Not just me, but... Um, quite a few young people that they took care of. And that part was good until shortly after, I guess, in my late teen years, like 20, 21, I met my husband. Hmm. So, you know, that's where life really turned for the best. Oh, your life turned for the better when you met grandpa. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so you met grandpa. Where did you meet him? 
I'm with him in Kingston. I know, but where? Were you at a nightclub? Were you at church? No. <laughs> I know, uh, I know no you didn't club. Club. <laughs> I know uh, you didn't club. <laughs> we, we met in church. Oh, praise the Lord. Okay. Yeah. Met him in church. So now, did he talk to you? I know you believe that a woman should be pursued, so I know you did not speak to him, but what did he, he just, what did he say? What did he do? <laughs> no, you know, in church, I used to see him and oh. he see me. Oh, so because you saw him he, he used you. to okay. play. He used to play the guitar in church. He used to sit in the choir while I'm in the pew. This was a large church, though. But the street I used to live on, he had a business on that street. He, he had a grocery store. Oh, nice. And his sister used to run that store while he works in another parish. He used to cultivate rice. He had a huge, about 19 and three quarter acre rice. And he had cows and goats and turkey and, you know, just farm. That's where I get my love for farms from. Okay. So, um... <laughs> There, my life really begins. Wow. Wow. Okay. So when did you know that you were in love with Grandpa? Hmm. Was it love at first sight? Did you see him over there? And... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I... so no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was... Mm, I used to go to his store to buy things. To see him, Grandma, or to really no, buy things? No, not to see him. Oh. <laughs> because... Most of the time, he was away. Oh, okay. Okay. I used to, his sister used to be the one that, you know, run the business. So I buy what I wanted from her. But when he come up on weekends, I used to see him, not in a lovely way, but there's a friend that had a little, what we call, coal supper shop at the gate where I was. And he was a friend of that man. And when I come out, I used to see him and he used to tease me. And, you know, men yeah. drop words. He's a flirt. He's a flirt guy. He was a it. flirter. <laughs> and then when I go to church, it's the same when we happen to oh, he was flirting in church. Okay. see eyes, you know, the same flirting. So, wow. Okay. So now you met him and you married him. So where did you guys move to? You, moved, you stayed in Kingston or you left? No, we went to the next town, Spanish town, St. Catherine. Oh, okay. Because that's where he used to cultivate the rice and had the hottest place in India. Yes. So that's where we went to. When I was growing up, one of my grandfathers, my mother's dad, he had a sugar plantation. He used to make sugar. I used to go and see how the sugar is made, how the Oh, they mill the cane mm. and it goes into this big copper pot and boil until it becomes sugar. And they make sugar head, wet sugar, and even the grain sugar. But the cane, they mill it by horses. I'm just looking go, at you like, oh, go, Grandma, go around, <laughs> go around in a circle and mill it. And you see the, um, the thing that collect the juice. Mm. The, the cane liquor and run right into the wow. thing and wow. fill it and the fire. Wow. And when that fill, they make separate gallons of the cane liquor and they bottle it. And um, 
my grandfather, he was a maroon. Wow. And I grew up and we had a place we call Works Yard. You could see where they make these kind of buildings and things like that. And um, it was such a nice childhood thing to see that. Yeah. And every Friday we used to go up and get the big container with wet sugar. I'm actually, I'm smiling because I'm actually like picturing it. Yeah, I'm picturing wet it. sugar. And then um, my grandfather had money. Wow. Yes, he was considered, his name was Piercy. Piercy. And they had so much property and where he lived and the things they had. I would say in those days, they were, um, you know, one of the top people. Because when my grandfather died, we found a barrel. We call it keg mm. with paper money. Wow. Crazy wow. amount of money. And rat ate most of it. I was going to ask what happened to the money. Because he had it in the house. Wow. And it's after his death they found it. So, you know, crazy amount of money. So why did he keep it in the house? I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is something people do. Keep lots of money. And I don't know how it used to go with the banks in those days. I was going to ask if, if there was a bank at that Because it, the closest place I grew up and know that um, they had banks was Port Antonio. Mm. That was about 12, 14 miles from where he lived. He had horses and things like that. His horses, you have to climb on stool okay. to go in there, those big, giant-sized horses. So that's where I get my love for horses. <laughs> well, I love what I... I love horses. Yeah. I, I want a horse. Yeah. <laughs> so, I promised Chris I'd buy a horse. So, um, you know, they were good that time. Good, good, um, good living. Before you moved to Kingston, what was your life like in between? What were um, you... It was rough, but, you know, I grew up, wasn't hungry, never hungry. And who raised you after your parents died? My elder brother. Uh, I grew up with him or with them. They see about us and relatives see about us, but mostly my brother. And you have how many siblings now? It was eight of us. Wow. There was a space between my sister that I came after. The first four was 15 years before the second four. So yeah. how old was the brother that, was, who was that, Uncle Dolphus raised you, Uncle Rupert? Brother Edward. And brother Edward. I remember, that's what I was asking you before, the third brother, Brother Edward, because you took us. I, I, I've been fortunate to spend good quality time with you, Grandma, because you have taken us to all three of their houses. Mm-hmm. I remember... Um, Edward, Dolphus, and Rupert. Yes, Grandma, I remember stay, staying at one of their houses one time when we went to Portland, and it was so dark. So mm-hmm. dark, like, like, like you could literally feel the darkness at mm-hmm. night. Yeah, because there's no street light. Nor nothing, nothing, Grandma. I think it was Brother Edward. And there were so many mosquitoes, but we loved it. We, mm-hmm. It was an experience that I would never trade for anything, just spending that time with your family. Um, so in raising you, did he have, he brought you into his home? Did he have his own children? Yeah, How, what was it like there? I lived in his home. But um, my life was mostly surrounded by church that I lived for. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Down through the years. And that's what held me together with all the hard things that I went through or we went through. That was the main thing that kept me together, being in church and enjoy church and enjoy what I do. And even when I was young, young teenage girl growing up, I was involved in church life. I never had the the kind of sportish life I could have chosen that, but I didn't. I have a couple of questions for you. First one, so you were heavy into the church. Mm-hmm. But rumor has it that you were a fighter. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so you were just out here fighting people and then going to church when you were done? Like, what were you? Yeah, well, you know, kids fight. <laughs> when I was in school, I fight. You, I fought. You, you enjoy fighting? Yeah. And I, I enjoy fighting because I don't, I didn't intend to lose. Oh, well, we have some. Uh, That's know, where we get from. You, you know what, Nick? <laughs> God bless me that I grew up healthy and strong. You are, you are solid. And my sister that followed me, she used to be, you know, sick sometimes. Mm. And then, you know, we came up like twins. So when I don't go to school and anything happens, if I'm evening school and they pick on her, 
you know, it was a difference when... You waited till you were home so you could beat her up. <laughs> you, you, you know, we fought. We fought in school. We, not in the school premises, but on the street oh, going true. home. Oh, we have, we have bongo fight. Mm. Yeah. You never wanted to, like, venture out of the church? That was never a desire for you? No. Never, you know, never... That's admirable, I must it, say. It, it, it never really struck me that I should leave church and go party or go this, that, and no, even see, we're like, oh, I live now. So, wow. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't no, know. No, you're not crazy, grandma. They all, everyone can be wild. They got to have some good ones out there. <laughs> no, that I, is admirable. I never see myself wild. I never really do wild things. So, grandma, I have a question for you. You said that you started in the church after your parents passed away. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like, before we go on to the later part of your life, do you feel like if your parents had lived, you would not have found a church? No. I don't know. I have never heard that they were born again. Mm -hmm. Christians like what I claim to be or what I am, not what I claim, what I, who I am and what I am now. Wow. They used to be in Methodist. Okay. And my mom, she used to sing in the choir. She was a church person. And when I go to, first of all, when my mom is in church, I used to cut out and go to <laughs> the Pentecostal church, which I fell in love with. Grandma, you're the only person I know that will cut church to go to another church. At 12 years old. Yeah, because I used to me, like the way... <laughs> you really are an angel. What? <laughs> they, I like the way they worship, clap hands, praise God, and thing like that. I don't know, any 12-year-old, 11, 12-year-old is going to leave church and go to another church. And I got threatened by, by my older sibling, one of my brothers. Wow. Say, if them catch me there, but that didn't do nothing, I still wow. go. Wow. Oh, because back then... Denominations were very defined. Yeah. It's so, not like now and, where it's like you'll enter, you'll, you'll fellowship with different denominations. So. Yeah. So, oh, okay. It, it's just the way I was born. I don't wow. even know. Wow. But, wow. So, you would have been a very different person if you were. Yeah. Wow. If they were even alive, I would be who I am. Um, okay, Grandma. So, we've talked about your childhood and how you were rude. Jamaican rude. Jamaican rude is very different from American rude. It means that you were a fighter and... Yeah, <laughs> I, I fight. Um, but in America, that means you're like disrespectful. But So you were rude. And as a teenager, you fell in love with Jesus and you stayed with him and you cut church to go to another church. So let's talk about how you were in church flirting with my grandfather. No, I didn't. Yeah, grandma? Yes, you did. He, <laughs> well, you said talking to me. You were flirting with him in church, but I he, digress. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he's a flirter. He was a he flirter. was a flirter. You say like, oh, In Uncle Victor, go on, Grandma. Yeah, <laughs> that. <laughs> yes, Grandma. Mm. It was those eyes. Uncle Victor had the most amazing eyes. I'm telling you, <laughs> and that laugh <laughs> and sense of humor. But um, yes, Grandma. So he flirted with you in church. Mm. And he swept you off your feet. So you guys got married. What was your wedding like? Good. <laughs> Good and hot. Good and hot? 
You mean, you mean, with we did a lot of traveling because I got married in Spanish Town where we lived. Too hot. Yes. And the um, reception was in Manchester. Clothing. On the same day, Grandma? Same day. On the same day? I got married between 8 and 10 o'clock the morning. The wedding was about 10. Just for context. And there's we just, a three, it's a three we, hour drive. We drove. From my step in the car, we drove from there right down to Cloden. It's about three hours, right, Grandma? Yeah. But, but Grandma, why? Because that's where he came from. And the thing about it, we lived in, in St. Catherine where all his friends were. Mm. And his family in Manchester. So, so that everybody could, you know, get together. Those in St. Catherine, they were at the wedding. Wow. At the church. Okay. Okay. And um and then you had the reception. And then the reception with the recipe. Okay. But we got married at the cathedral in Spanish Town. Wow. Yeah. Wow. The biggest church. It was good. Wow. <laughs> it was good. That, wow. That's interesting that you traveled that long. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So what was life like as a young married woman? Were you a homemaker? Did you work? My life with my husband and my children was good. How many children? I know how many children you have, Grandma. You just have to answer the question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how many kids did you oh, have, Grandma? How many I had? <laughs> Eight, nine, 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 nine. It, it was Eight, good. Nine. And I raised other kids too. Family to my husband. It, it was good. And, and you had your own business. He had his own business. But oh, you did yes. too. And I had my business too. You know, and um, it was good because I had the kind of husband that gave me help. I was, I believe I was four years old when he passed. And I'm not jumping through, through the conversation. I was about four years old when he passed, I think. But looking at my uncles, how they are, I can see what kind of a man he was. The way that they're loving and caring and attentive. Close-knit family. We yeah. were close. Yeah. yeah. My, my husband was, um, I don't think they make them like that no more. They don't. They definitely don't, Grandma. Mm-hmm. Not in this generation. It is. Slim pickings out here. They don't I have a good them. man, but. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they, don't they don't make them like that no more. They don't. And talking about him and how they don't make men like that, he gave you the freedom. I don't want to say gave you the freedom, but. Let's just be real. He gave you the freedom to come here and to begin a new, a new life. life. Mm-hmm. So let's transition from Jamaica. What year was that, Grandma? Um, 69. 1969. Mm-hmm. And you landed, I'm going to say I'm Plymouth Rock. You landed <laughs> in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks you, not everyone, but I think a lot of people believe you came straight to New York. No. But no. you went to Maryland. Yeah. Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore, Maryland. All right. So let's start from there. So why did you come here, first of all? Why did you come to America? What made you leave Jamaica and come here? Because having my children and um, at the time they were taking women to come to... um, Let's just just say kidnapping women. No. (laughs) Doing my expression. We had agencies. There was an agency in Kingston that recruited women permanently oh. to come to the United States. 
to work as housekeepers for six months. And after six months, those women, if they want to stay in the home or go somewhere else, we were free because we get our green card when you go to the consulate. What do you call it? Uh, consulate embassy. Yeah, embassy. When we get to Miami, to wherever we came out the plane, we got card wow. and a social security number right then and there. That's crazy. Do you remember what year that was? 1969, October 20th. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. October 20th, 1969. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you came here, left your children, and you left your business. What was the business that you were in? I used to cook. Oh, you used to cook and sell food. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you used to feed the neighborhood. I used to sell at New Wear Factory. Oh, you used to make lunches for the people. Oh, wow. Wow. So that's where I get mm. to. A lot of, I see a lot of, of myself in these questions and answers because I, I love to cook. <laughs> mm-hmm. Before we um, jump to your grandchildren, can you tell me what it was like when you first came to Baltimore? When you, what, what were you doing when you got here? You said you, were, uh, you cleaned homes. Yeah. I, when I came, I came as a, a maid. The maid. To I didn't want a to say family. Okay. Yeah, I worked. I worked as a housekeeper. Okay. In um, a family home, which um, it wasn't bad. They treated me okay. So, what was it like coming from a fully black country to a country now where you are lesser? You are the lesser race. What did the? How was that experience working for a white family? and going out with them and tending to their children, what was that like? It wasn't bad for me because um, the people that I worked for, apparently they liked me. But was there like a culture shock because you came from working for Black people with Black people in a, a country? It is a very diverse country out of many people. But what was it like coming here where you were no longer able to walk in the front door of an establishment. Before you arrived in America, did you, were you aware of segregation or was that something that you learned upon arrival? I learned about it when I got here. And um, it was very strange because I noticed that the Black people didn't have the opportunity or the um, same privilege like what the white had. But because I lived in the home with white people, it really didn't bother me. Mm. But when we go out, I noticed that the family that I was working with at the time, I think it's only two other families, two other Black women beside myself, I noticed in a restaurant or in certain stores, certain places. And these other two black women beside me make three. We work for white families. So I found out then that things wasn't as what it was home. Everything for me was such a blessing that it wasn't for any long period of time. Because I came here in October and I went home for Christmas the same year. Wow. 
And when I went home, letters on top of letters, they wanted me to come back and, you know, things like that. But because of my family home, I went home, my husband and my children was there and I had family in New York. When I saw that it was a difference between black and white, I didn't tell anybody anything, but I didn't intend to go back. And this was in Baltimore. So I waited for a few months with my family in Jamaica and came back straight to New York. I know you said that your life is... um... Boring. I know you didn't use that word, but it's not exciting. But grandma, you know, do you realize how much courage it takes to get up, leave your children behind, get on a plane, even just just a physical plane, something that you've never been on before, basically not knowing where you're going. You seize that opportunity. If you had not taken the opportunity, our lives would have been, they would be so different. Sure. They would be so different. And I know you and grandpa were married, but because of of your relationship, because of you and your your say chutzpah, because of your bravery, you have established so much in this country coming from little to nothing. It's true because um, coming from very little, coming here, working hard night and day, I'm blessed with all you kids and grandkids and great-grands that, that has achieved so much and still Still building yourselves. Still working. (laughs) And um, intend to go further than what I ever dreamed of. That's what makes it good. And that's what gives me pleasure that even these rough days, our rough life and hard life, something good came out of it and is still coming out of it with not just with me, with my children, my grandchildren, and my great-grand, that I can sit back and say, it was good, or it was a pleasure, or it was a chance taking time for me. It was bold enough for me to leave home all by myself, not knowing where I was going, what it would be like. but. As I said before, I did choose the right thing in life. You did. (laughs) And I believe that's the choice that I made that guide me even until today. So that actually brings you, when you talked about pleasure, we're going to have to do a part two because there's just so many. We didn't talk about um, the unfortunate, tragic, sudden passing of grandpa. We're going to need a whole segment for that in and of itself because you had all these children and you were a widow in your 50s. Um, so we're definitely going to have to do a part two because we need to take time and really discuss that because I have a lot of questions about you coping and just being still being remaining a pillar. And the bond that you have with grandpa's family, because I think sometimes we forget that there's a Benjamin side because you're so like immersed in the Spence side that it's mm-hmm. almost like you are the Spence and he's mm-hmm. not. So I want to get into all of that, the relationship with his sisters and how close you guys are. So but before we wrap you talked about your grandchildren being pleasure and just watching them. What brings you, all the tragedy that you've suffered, the loss that you've suffered, because like I said, there's a lot that we didn't talk about that we are going to cover in, in part two. What brings you joy? 
in spite of all that you've seen and experienced? Just the pleasure of having you all. Has that changed over time or have you, because you didn't always have grandchildren, what used to bring you joy? Well, my, my, my Besides children. Besides your daughter named Joy. <laughs> my, my, my natural children, my children took care of me and my family got so tight, you know, just a close relationship. One thing in life, relationship with your family and friends and the body of Christ, it really gives pleasure to me. And the hope that that salvation brings. That's one of the ties. So the joy of the Lord is your strength. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the ties to life. This might not be the proper setting, but I just can't leave that part of my life out because well, God is the source of my life. That is you, Grandma. You are. And, and that's me. So regardless of if I even speak for a year or even one minute, that's the topic. <laughs> God, that is the source. Um, so with all that you've said so far, and like I said, we're going to do a part two. With everything that you've experienced, everything you've seen, everything, you, you know, your explanation of joy, what is it that you wish for me in my life? Number one is um, choose the part that I choose, love God. Because, <laughs> because one thing, the word of God is true. And the word of God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things shall be added unto you. So the things are going to add to your life by choosing God is what you choose. Hmm. So choose That's God. your choice. So everything is under that. So if you choose him first, anything else you want in life, it's just going to be addition. Mm. This is what the words say. I didn't say that. It just had to you. Well, thank you for that, Grandma. Grandma, this was awesome. This was so awesome. We can't be finished because there's so much meat. There's so much that we that we need to get into. But you're 88 and it's getting dark. And I'm so. <laughs> getting dark. So we are going to pick this up on another day earlier in the morning after you've had a nice large breakfast. <laughs> thank you so, so much, Grandma. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And let me, I, I, I'm vaccinated, so I can give her a hug. You're and done? We're, and we're always together anyway. Yes, Grandma. If I'm going to give you a hug, I'm vaccinated. I don't have a mask. Me too. <laughs> I love you, Grandma. Love you this too, is my favorite baby. girl right here. My favorite, favorite. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.